Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Um, Philippians chapter number 3. Let's start here. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 12 to verse 16. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 12 to 16. It says, Not that I have already attained, or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Somebody say press on. I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal. Say that with me, the goal. The goal. I press towards the goal for the price. So there is a goal and there is a price. You know how tempting it is when you are reading scripture not to preach as a preacher. I'm, I, I'm, I always just resist the urge because this will really preach. Uh, yeah. So he says, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, and we've said that it was Kennedy that said, whenever you see the word therefore, you should stop to ask, what is it therefore? So it says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So right away, there are three things that jump out to me here. I see a pressing, somebody is reaching for something, I see a goal, I see a price, and I see rules. So he says, let us walk by the same rule, by the same rule. This morning, I want to bring a word that I've titled, in it to win it. In it to do what? To win it. There is a win behind every spot. So whatever sports that you, you know about or that you are involved in, there is the idea behind every sport, the idea is winning. And I love that Paul usually uses sports illustrations a lot. Many women don't like that, but it's the most simple way to explain certain things. Uh, if it's basketball, the goal is simple. Get this ball into the net as many times as possible, more than your opponents, straight away. Hockey is the same thing. Hit this puck into this net as many times as possible, more than your opponent, while following some rules. It's the same thing with soccer, which is my own favorite sport. Please don't be upset. Okay? And I'm talking about football, the real football, the one we use our leg to play, not the one you throw and you say it's football. Okay? So in that, there is goals. All right? Goals. And the, the, what really counts in, in soccer is goals. That's what counts. Now, you can play soccer. If you know anything about soccer, there are teams that are good at passing the ball. They like to pass the ball a lot. Uh, they pass for the sake of passing. Not like my own Man City. We pass to score. But there are some people that just pass for the sake of passing. And they just pass, 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 pass. When the game is over, they are going to show some statistics and say, passes. You can have 1,022 passes and the other team has 10 passes of the ball. You can, which is not really possible, but you get for the sake of the illustration. Uh, you can have um, corner kicks. One million, and this person didn't even have any corner. You can have shots on goal, 25. This person had only one shot on goal. At the end of the day, guess what counts? It's the goals. 
So the, the idea is dribbling is good. It looks good. Everybody will shout and, and clap for you. But what counts at the end of the match is very simple. We look at the scoreboard and we say, how many goals did you score? You, how many goals did you score? You are the winner. It's as simple as that. It's the same thing with the Christian faith. Many people don't think about our faith in these terms. But I want to show you today that we are in it to, to win it. We are not in it to dribble. No, no. We are not in it just to have corner kicks and say, oh, but we are, but we are pressing the opponent. We are pressing. We are pressing. We, are, we have more possession <laughs> than the opponent. No, no, no. We are in it to do what? To actually win it. So we need to understand what, like soccer, which is very clear, you know that the aim of this sport is to get the ball into this net as many times as possible. As, as many times as possible means that the opponent must not get the ball in your own net more than you do. That's what counts at the end of the day. So Paul says this in verse number 14. If you can put that back up for me. He says, I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So there is a goal and there is a price for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Which means that everybody that is in Christ Jesus, there is a goal and there is a price. At the end of a soccer game, if it happens to be a final, they are only going to give the price to the person that won. The person that scored the most goals. That is the whole idea of it. And this is what Paul is saying here. So we are actually playing to win. We can't win if we don't know what the win is. And the truth is that many Christians don't know what the win is. In this game called, called Christianity, many people don't understand what the win, the win actually is. Um, people think that if a church is engaged in a lot of activity, you know, just make sure that everybody is busy. That means we are making progress. It's like saying, make sure that the, the players on the soccer field are running around. They can cover a lot of ground. And you, you see that in soccer matches. This team, they, they'll, they'll tell you that at the end of the match. They'll tell you the ground that each player covered. And they'll say, oh, this team covered all this ground. The other guys just sat back. They were not even moving. They just formed a block. On, it's called parking the bus. <laughs> That's what it's called in soccer. They just stay back at their goal, wait for those people, and they pick the ball, and they counter-attack the other team, and they score one goal. When they score the goal, they go back into their bus and pack it properly again. <laughs> and the game continues. Because they understand that at the end of the day, the price is going to go to the person that does what? That scores goals. The person that wins. So that's why Miles Monroe said, before he passed on, he said, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. When purpose is not understood, abuse is inevitable. If you don't understand the goal, the purpose of a thing, you have the tendency to abuse it, whether deliberately or not. So you, you take other things that you are doing more important than what the goal actually is. So we have to know what is counted as a win in this Christian faith so that we are not playing for the wrong thing, so that we can actually win the price, this price that the scripture is telling us about. So I want to share with you three quick thoughts in case you're taking notes on this message. For us to win the prize, there is a mindset that we have to have. There is a mindset. To win this prize, there is a mindset. Point number one, we are in it for the long term. Long term. Number one, this is the first mindset that you must have. You are in it for the long term. It's not a short term thing. 
It's not a short-term thing. Now in soccer, they are even saying that the 90 minutes is not really 90 minutes. So they are going to stop the clock now every time that the ball goes out of play so that we can actually play for 90 minutes. Because the statistics got to a point that they realized that the, the game is supposed to last for 90 minutes, but actually the play only takes 40 minutes. At most, 60 minutes. The rest is just people delaying, people picking the ball, people doing all sorts of people. Somebody's injured, somebody's sitting on the floor for no reason. Like the goalkeeper of this people's team will just remove his boot for no reason, just to delay the match. You know, things like that. That's what they, that's, they now realize that we have to give more time. You know, I couldn't get away with it. I have to put it somewhere. I have to put it there. <laughs> you know? So, so now they said we have to play 90 minutes full now, full 90 minutes. So that they understand that this sport is not a quickie that you just want to play quickly and end the game. It's a 90-minute sport. When you hear 90 minutes, to you, it doesn't sound like a lot of time. Because all you are doing is sitting down on your couch and criticizing them. Pass the ball. Can't you pass? Shoot, shoot, shoot. That's all you are doing. If you actually step on the field, if you actually step on the field. I, I tried it when we got to I tried to play soccer. Ah, I tried. But I didn't know that I was no longer 21. So I tried, and I got, I, I, I got away with it for a few, you know, a few games and stuff, until one day, for no reason, my, my, my tie just started turning black. Yeah, because after a while, your body will tell you that, dude, that's why soccer players, by the time they are 30, 32, 30, you start saying, in fact, once they cross 30, you start saying, <laughs> this is the, the end of time, <laughs> all right? So that's the way it works, but you have to understand that for you to, to survive in this, in this Christian faith, you have to have a long-term mindset that we are in a marathon. We are in a marathon. And I told you this on Wednesday. People who run marathons prepare for the long haul. They prepare for the long haul. They are not in it just, you know, let's just get this over with. Luke chapter number 9. Let's look at the Bible here and see what Jesus has to say. Luke chapter number 9 from verse 61 to 62. It says, another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me, let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So anyone that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is like me when I had that injury. It means you are not fit. You are not fit for the kingdom. And let me ask you a question. For somebody to tell Jesus that I want to go and say goodbye to my house, is it a good thing or a bad thing? You are, not, you are afraid now to say it. It's actually a good thing. <laughs> he, said, he said, I will follow you. He didn't say I'm not coming. No, he just said, let me go, let me first. That's the issue that Jesus had with this statement. Let me first. Let me first. Big problem. So we have to understand that if we are going to follow Jesus in this race that we are in, it cannot be me first. No. Look, let me, let me explain it to you like this. Jesus, from the, from the scriptures that we know, could have actually followed this man to his house to go and bid his family farewell. He could have done it because he did it to other people. He went with Zacchaeus to his house. He went to the house of sinners and tax collectors. So going to his house was not the problem. The real issue was, let me first. And that's the way a lot of us approach this thing because we think that it is a, it is a quick way to fix my own issue, to solve my own problems, to make my life better. That's not what Christianity is for. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. We are in an army. <laughs> and I've said this over and over again. When you join an army, you are not joining the army for, the, in fact, let me tell you, your remuneration, they just, that's why they call it remuneration, just to keep you happy so that you don't run away. 
The goal is you are defending your country and your nation. That is the idea that is drilled into your head. That you are here to defend the integrity of the dominion of Canada from sea to shining sea. That's the idea. So you are not coming to the kingdom. I just want, once my problems go away. You know, and, and this is a prevalent mindset because people are in it for the short term. So when they come to church for a few weeks, nothing seems to be happening. Just like the guy who goes to the gym and checks the mirror the next day. Yeah, and he's looking at, but I went to the gym. No, 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 you need to relax. You need to relax. So they do that and they think that all of a sudden they will start seeing everything in their lives transform. But it didn't take one day for you, for you to get to where you are with the issues that you have. It took a long time. So it's going to take some time for you to see the results of what you are doing. But if you get into it with a short-term mindset, you will get tired. You will get tired along the way. And I've run marathons, believe it or not. When we were in, in high school, that's the good thing about the high school that I went to. They forced us to do a lot of things. Whether you like it or not, they forced us. So whether you like it or not, you will do it. I played cricket, believe it or not. I played cricket in, in high school. So I understand when people are watching cricket now, they are angry that what are they even doing? I understand it. I can explain the game to people, right? Marathons, when you prepare for a marathon, is completely different from the way you prepare for a sprint. Completely, completely different. But let me not bore you with the story, okay? Because I want to preach quick today. So if you are going to win the prize, you have to think long term. You have to understand that I am in a marathon. I cannot afford to do the same things that everybody else does. When we are preparing for that thing we used to call Ikoi Run, which is from my, from my school, we will run around the, the entire city of Ikoi and come back into the school. There is a map that guides us and everything. We are preparing ahead of time, weeks ahead of time, changing our diets, changing the way that we approach things, you know, doing exercises every day. Now, when I first started to do Ikoi Run, I did not understand that there was a reason why people were doing those things. There was a reason. So I thought that, you know, it's just a run. Like, why are they, what's the big deal? All I need is glucose and eat some, some chewing gum and I'll be fine. But look, I've told the story here before. I just don't want to bore you with the old details. When I got to the end of Ikoi Run, the, 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 the one that I actually did well in, I was following uh, a friend of mine called Taya Okunaya. I vomited at the end of the run. I actually threw up on the, on the whole, where, they, where you register your name when you come back. I threw up. Everybody ran away. Yeah, because if you don't understand what it actually takes to do it, you will see people doing it and you'll be criticizing them. So you need to understand that when you see believers doing something, and this is very important, this statement I'm about to make. When you see believers that are doing something that you are not doing, please don't criticize them. When a denomination comes to your house in the, on early on Saturday morning, you know them, you know what I'm talking about, and they knock on your door and say, do you want to hear about Jesus? Don't just shush them away and say, I'm a Christian, go away and lock your door. Because they are, look, whether you like what they are teaching or not, they are doing something you are not doing. They are knocking on your neighbor's door. You, you have never knocked on your neighbor's door to preach Jesus to him. But they are there. But you are criticizing them. I don't, they are doctrine. I don't even like. Paul said, whether they are teaching what we are teaching or they are not, the, the bottom line is that Christ is being what? He's being preached. That's the bottom line. So the issue, look, I've told you before, you'll be shocked. When you get to heaven, you will be surprised. <laughs> you will see people that you say, ah, you, how did you make it here? <laughs> With all your teachings. <laughs> but the Bible says, let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That is the bottom line. That's the bottom line. If you find a people that name the name of Christ, I'm telling you, you will be surprised that they might even get to heaven before you. So don't criticize them. You actually have a lot to learn from them. A lot to learn. 
from their determination and their tenacity and going after the work that Jesus actually asked us to do. This is very important. So following Jesus is not a quick fix to your problems. Number two, let's talk about this. Number two, we are in it for the Father's glory. We are in it for the Father's glory. We're talking about in it to win it. We are in it for the Father's glory. We are not in it for personal gain. It's not about personal gain. If you are in this race for your personal life, your personal reward, you will be disappointed. You will be disappointed. Because things will not happen the way you thought that it will happen. And then you will say, but they told me that this is supposed to be, you know, the, the end or be all. And how my life is supposed to become better. Yeah, your life will become better. But it is by doing the will of the Father. And that's what I want to show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. It says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown. So we are not in need for the accolades of men. We are not in need for wealth or riches. It's not about any reward from men. We are not looking for titles. That's why when we, when we started the church, I told, I told the folks, I said, look, and a lot of people were not happy with that. And some people, I know, that I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I have said that I will not talk about anybody <laughs> that has left the church, okay? But here's the illustration that I want to make. That sometimes when, when people come in with a, with a different expectation, thinking that, okay, I'm going to get, you know, so-so-so tied to, I'm going to get this, 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 and it doesn't happen you get disappointed. And it shows. It shows in your reaction when those expectations are not met. So this is why I want you to understand that when you are in a race, whether you are in a local church or you are in a global body, please understand this. You are not in it for any title or any praise. You are in it to serve. Like what my, my, my mentor in Nigeria always told me. He said, people, like, people are looking for jobs. There, there are no jobs, but there is a lot of work. It's the same thing in church. There is a lot of work to be done but there are no titles to hand out. <laughs> Even the major and Betty don't have title. Yeah, they don't. When, when people started talking about, oh, oh, these are the, this is, these are your, these are your leaders, oh, this is your, this is, I removed everybody's name from the website. Removed it. Removed. Because that thing can get to your head. It can get to your head. So when you start thinking that, ah, yeah, I'm the, I'm the second in command. <laughs> and when anybody talks to you, anyhow, you're like, I'm just preserving you. I'm telling you, I'm just protecting you. I'm protecting you because when you when they put my name on the screen and you see lead pastor, don't envy it. Uh, look, do not do what? Do not envy it. It takes a lot, a lot to put this thing together. I'm telling you, it takes a lot. So it's not, it's not that you wake up one day and you don't feel like, you don't feel like, what do you mean by you don't feel like preaching? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean by you don't feel like preaching? It's not every day that you, and, and what's the irony of it is that Sometimes it is the days you don't feel like preaching that you actually preach well. That is the irony of it because that's why the grace of God is there. So all I'm saying is that it's not about titles. It's not about, oh, I want to be the this or I want to be the that. Is can you serve? And just like it works in the, in the natural with promotions, many times, maybe this will even help you in your work, at, in your office. The, the truth is that many times when we are looking for people to be promoted, we are not looking for the person that is on level one trying to get level two pay. We are looking for the person that is at level one that is already doing the duties of level two. The promotion is only a way to recognize that effort and then put a proper title on it. 
It's the same thing with the house of God. So it's not to come in and just think that, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a young church. I'm sure by the time I, I show myself, they will, they will know. Then they will give me title. <laughs> no, it's not about that. Guys, look. <laughs> look, when you, there are people in this church that are already doing the work of deacon, of deaconess, but there's no title. There are people that are already doing the work of worship leader, but there's no title. But they, they are doing it for a crown that is imperishable. Imperishable. I can give you a title, but that title is perishable. It is. <laughs> it is. So you need to understand that this thing that we are in, we're not in it for any accolades. We are in it for the Father's glory. It is our privilege to be a part of something that gives glory to the Father. It's our privilege. I told you about my friends that we were all teenagers together doing missions and doing, you know, um, all this evangelism that we were doing as young, young people that now some of them are tired. Tired because some of them, in fact, I had conversations then that, that people were having that they were comparing the leader of our group then, they were comparing him to a particular pastor who was already popular and comparing themselves to his associates. So saying things like, ah, in another 15 years, we will be like, they will mention the names of the people. We will be like, and then he is the, and I am like these people. You don't even understand what we are doing. <laughs> That's how people fail. That is exactly how people, look, the people that are still in it today, among us in that group, are the ones that were not as vocal, who were just doing it for the joy of it, who were not as, you know, like we have to, we have to, we are, no, no, no. So it's not about, you know, what anybody can recognize you for. I can, I can, we can do uh, volunteer appreciation. We can do all of those things, yeah? But you have to understand that that's not your prize. Though. The prize that you are running for is an imperishable crown, imperishable crown. I want this to stick in your mind that you understand it. So we are in this, not when it's just convenient. So that's why you can't wake up one day and say you don't feel like it. No, no, no. It says be instant in season and out of season. Instant in season and out of season. So that is a standing instruction from the word. It's not, it's not about your feelings. A soldier doesn't wake up in the morning and say, today I don't feel like going to battle. Is it that you show up with your resignation or you are automatically out of it? It's as simple as that. So you show up and you do it. You show up and you do it. That's what the grace of God is for. For the days that you feel like and the days that you don't feel like. The days that you feel worthy and the days that you feel unworthy. Are you with me? Very important, guys. Very, very important. This is very important. So we are in this thing for the souls of men and for the establishment of his kingdom. That's why we are in this race. For the souls of men and the establishment of his kingdom. John chapter 4, verse 34. Let's keep going. John 4, 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. We have a limited time frame to get this job done. Just like the people that play sports, like I told you at the beginning. These people that play soccer, they have a limited time to get their careers done and over with. Max 15 years. If you push it and push it, maybe you started when you were, you were 12 or 10 or 9, then maybe you will, you will do 20 years. But there is a limited time for which to put in all their efforts and win the prizes that they can win. Because after that time, that's why Jesus said, John 9 verse 4. Give me John 9 4. John 9 4. He says, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. You see that? The night is coming, he says, when no one can walk. There's going to come a time that you will want to do. I promise you, if you stay on the earth and Jesus does not come back, you can't get away from God. There is going to come a day that you will actually wake up in the morning and say, ah, now I want to serve God. But you may not have the strength to do it anymore. You may not. 
You may not even have the wisdom to do it anymore. You may not have the legs. You may not have the intellect. All of those things that you think that right now, uh, ah, well, there's still time. I can just enjoy my life. There's still time. I don't want to get into this thing now. I don't want to, uh, no, no, let's, let's, no, no, no. Listen, there's going to come a time. He says the night is coming. It's not that the night may come. It is coming where you will not be able to do this thing. So now is the time to do the work of the Father. This is the mindset that Jesus had. And it's the same mindset that all of us must carry. Say amen to this. Point number three. Point number three, we are in it to win the prize. We are in it to win the prize. And this is where I really want to focus today. Because those of us who are fit for the kingdom understand that we are in this thing to win souls at all costs. So, we were saying at the beginning that if you start playing a game and you don't understand what the win is, you will be running around. Let me announce to you, in this thing called Christianity, the win is souls. Did you hear what I said? The win is what? Souls. That is all God cares about. Look, every other thing you are doing, your colorful banners and your, your t-shirts, all of that is dribbling. dribbling. You know what dribbling? They're just dribbling. Now, you can dribble and pass for the purpose of scoring a goal. But you must understand that the end, the goal of this thing is souls, is people, is people. I was asking you that week uh, here on Wednesday that what is, the, what is the win, right? In terms of, you know, what, what do you prioritize? Look, it's not because I don't know the answer, okay? It's not because I don't know. The truth of the matter is this. If you, anything that you are doing as a church, as a body, or as individuals, which is what I want to really emphasize today, as individuals, anything you are doing, you have to ask yourself this question. How does this activity, how does it get us to scoring the goal, which is that we are bringing more people into the kingdom of God? Because as, as we've said it as a church, the reason why we exist is very simple. It's not complicated at all. We are here to lead people to Jesus, step number one. Make those people more like Jesus. How? How are they more like Jesus? The way we will know that they are more like Jesus is that they are actually leading other people to Jesus. Not that they are sitting in church and getting fed. They can be getting fed, but the purpose, you know, like, like you sitting down and getting fed is like the coach coming on the touchline and giving you instructions. What is the purpose of those instructions? Is it to go back and go and dribble more? No, the goal is for you to score the goal that will make your team win. So if you are sitting down and just listening to instructions, after a time, the coach might get frustrated. And say, what are you doing? Look, I will come out, come out, come out. Then he will bring another person. Then Christians get angry. And say, but, but I was playing well. No, 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 you were not playing to the goal. You were dribbling. <laughs> That's not the goal. And sometimes the things that are not the goal actually look better. They look more acceptable than the goal. If we say now that the purpose of this choice is to change destinies around and turn you in the... Everybody will show up. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it can be more colorful to say something else that is not the assignment. But we have to understand that the goal of this thing, why we are in this race, is to lead people to Jesus. That is the number one reason. And it is not the responsibility of the church. Now, I, you will trap yourself if you say that because the church is not me. Guess what the church is? You. That's what the church is. So we say, oh, oh and I've said it too, that you are, not, you are not the body of Christ as a human being. You are not the body of Christ. We all collectively are the body of Christ. But that statement is actually not correct completely. It's incomplete. The reason it is incomplete is this. On this earth, as far as you are on this earth, 
you are actually a body of Jesus Christ on the earth. So you are, you are a, a vessel through which Jesus can actually live his life again while you are on the earth. Do you understand the difference? Because it says you are the temple of God. That's what you are. You are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you. The reason is just the same way Jesus went about doing good. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He wants to keep doing the same thing today. But he is in heaven. Guess how he's going to do it on the earth today? It's through you. It's through you. And the way he will do it is not by you just sitting in church. Look, coming to church is good. It's good. It is where you hear the instructions that will make us win as a team. That's the idea of coming to church. It's just like the, the coach calls a team meeting and you don't show up. I've seen players that didn't show up for the team meeting. They didn't play the match. The coach just decided that you are not, you are not ready for this thing. So coming to church and sitting under the word, such rich word that you are sitting under here, it is not for you to just, you know, analyze and, and criticize everything. And say, you know, you know, that's why I tell people that. Honestly, to, to be in church and be like a second in command or something, it's very easy. It's sweet. Oh, when we were in Dominion Sanctuary, oh, ah, I enjoyed my life. Ah, I enjoyed my life. Because you have two months to prepare one sermon. So you go into your archives and look for the hottest message. Hot! Hot! <laughs> the way you come like this, everybody will be shouting, yeah, man of God! Ooh, ooh. Everybody will be, ah. Uh, but the pastor has every Sunday to do the same thing. Look at the same faces. You have heard all the jokes. You know what the story is. He says, oh, pastor, what do you have to say now? What do you have to say? <laughs> what is it now? So the way you actually know that a pastor, that's why I, mean, I don't need you to praise me. I know I'm good at this thing. Ah, I can preach. Because to actually do this every week, week after week, Wednesday, Sunday, and still retain people's attention, it takes a lot. It's the grace of God. I'm telling you, it's the grace of God. But you just sit down there, and you know, you know now Dominion was very, uh, like, they like me there. When they invited me to come back and come and, and come and minister, ah, everybody was happy. The few people that were not happy, their faces were showing that this one are not happy. But everybody was happy because it's, it's easy. I'm telling you, it's easy. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's easy that it's not good. I'm saying from that vantage position, you can actually do more. You can do more. Not that you are there just analyzing and criticizing everything. And you know, it's how do we win together as a body? Understanding that the goal is not for us to look good to the world. It's not for our, our jersey to be fine. Sometimes the team that has the finest jersey, they lose by, by default because their jersey is too fine. So they can't even see themselves very well on the field. <laughs> so all those things are nice. You say, let's do, like, that's why I thought about it, that should we do Good Friday or should we not do Good Friday? And I had to sit down and actually think about it properly, right? And say, okay, how does doing this Good Friday, along with Easter Sunday, how does it help us score goals? How? The only way that we'll be able to score goals is if everybody actually commits to say, I will invite one person to church. Because there's no reason why we should come together on Good Friday and do service and it's just us again. That's not the goal. I'm telling you, that's not the goal. Many Christians want it to be that church is for them. That, ah, the church, ah, we have heard a lot of things. We have been around. We have heard a lot of things. Some churches where people will say, they want to take this church away from us. This is our church now. You know, when you say you want people, new people to come to church, the way we will know is that when they actually show up, do they make you uncomfortable? Just because you don't, you, you look beside you and the person sitting beside you is not somebody you recognize. Okay, look at your neighbor now and say, welcome to church. 
All right. I want to get you to, I want to get you to break that. You know, you know, it, it can be easy. Especially when you come and somebody is sitting on your favorite seat. And you say, what's happening in this church? They want to take this church away from us. <laughs> Why is that person sitting on my seat? You won't say it, but inside your heart, that's what's going on. You are like my kids. When they invite their friends over to come and play in their house, you say, let's have, let's have Tolu over. Tolu, Tolu. Let's have Tolu. You know, or they, they want the pastor okay's children to come. But when they come and they start playing with their toys, then we know. Then they come to you crying and running. Mine, 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 mine. I say, why are you dancing? What is my, my, my? Say, he has my toy. He doesn't want to give me my toy. But you ask for him to come to your house. So why are you upset that he has your toy? That's how some Christians are. So you sit down in church and the church is like your toy. Just like, ah, this is our church. This is our church. Then when you see somebody that you don't know that shows up, who invited him? <laughs> Where is he coming from? These are not words that you utter. Where is it? It's the thoughts that goes on in your mind. So you have to understand that the win every week that we come here is not, we have to understand this as a principle in this house. That the win is not, we come and we see ourselves every Sunday. Look, when you come to church on a Sunday and you actually don't see a new person, it should put a, a, a burden, heartache inside your heart. That is the win. It's like a team showing up. Have you seen a team that played a game and lost the match and they are going home and they are dancing inside the bus? Have you seen it before? It can't happen because they understand what the win is. They understand that we didn't win this game. So the win for them is not just to show up and wear fine dresses and everybody play and play. They can sweat and do all of that. But the win is that every single day, the Bible says that daily, 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 the Bible said they were added to the church such as were being saved. Such as were being saved. And most of those people were not saved inside the church. He says they were added such as were being saved. So the people were going out to, to reach out to other people and those people that they were getting saved were now coming into the body so that they can grow, so that they can become more like Jesus and then go out and lead other people to him. Say amen to this. So this is the goal. I know that from time to time we will need to do this to clarify what the win is. But I want you to understand that as a, as a family, we have to understand this as a mindset. That we will do anything that is short of sin in order to reach people. Which means that the only thing we will not do to reach people is what? Sin. That's the only thing. So there's nothing that is off the table. Say, no, 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 no. The, the, the mission is always the same, but the methods can change. So I'm not, I'm not, look, there are things that I've discussed with my wife and said, do you think we should do this? Is when I look at her face, because she is my Holy Spirit assistant. So when I look at her face and I see, I see the reading, I say, no, she's not in, in agreement with this. Because one of the, the things that has helped us as a, as a couple is that we are, when it comes to this assignment, so this work that we are doing, we are in agreement. Agreement. That's very important. So it's not like, I mean, there are so many things we don't agree. I've told you before. We don't even agree on the temperature in our room. We don't. Sometimes I come into the room, the heat is off. I turn it on. I walk downstairs, I come back, she has turned it off again. I will turn it back on. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so we don't agree on a lot of things. There are things that I like that she doesn't like. But when it comes to the mission, because you know, have to know what the goal is. Even for your marriage, what is the reason why God brought you together? You think it's just to have fun and enjoy your life? You think that's it? No, it's, it's bigger than that. So we have to understand what the big picture of this thing is. And know that this thing is all about doing what is at the heart of the Father. So the question you need to be asking yourself every time you come to church is this. How many people are coming to Jesus through me? How many people are coming to Jesus through me? It's not a question for the pastor. I've told you that when you stand before God in judgment, you will not give account of what Believer's House did. You will give account of what you did. 
as a contribution to this body. As a contribution. So, so your, your own account will be that I led three people to Jesus in 2023. Okay? And they joined the body. Right? That is to your account. Not that uh, Believer's House won, you know, two million souls to God. <laughs> you know, I just say, ah, but, but uh, was I not there? <laughs> I was there and I was coming. I was sitting down. I was listening to the word. Now, if I was not there, would there be church? Yeah, it's, that's correct. But there is fruit that is supposed to abound to your own account. To your own account. There is an imperishable crown. So you, you think that heaven is a place where we all just get to and everything is the same. Everything is not the same in heaven. Do you know that you will still be working in heaven? Oh, you don't know. But you are not going to be working in terms of labor and toil because the curse will not be there. But you will have assignments from God that you, will, you have to carry out. So it's not wake up in the morning, sing hallelujah. They've told you that the only thing you do is sing hallelujah every day. That's not the thing. You have to walk. You're going to be, be, be. The Bible speaks about captains of cities that you'll be put over hundreds, fifties, like, like depending on what you did on earth. Depending on what you actually carried out for God on earth. So some people will make it to heaven just as, you know, you know, Final, <laughs> I don't even know the right way to explain it now. <laughs> Just, you know, the word that's coming to my mind is very wrong. I can't use it. It's, a, it's my native language. You will not understand it. So I'll avoid using it. But it's like, ah, what's the best way I can explain this thing? You know when the door is about to be shut? There are some things that are only better said in my language. So let me use it, okay? Just forgive me, okay? It's called Oriyomi. Let my people go. That's the scriptural one. Let my people go. You don't let my people go. Like, let's just, let's just allow them. And the door is closed. <laughs> Some people will make it to heaven like that. But the point is, when you, when you get to heaven, you, you still want to, to, to have the reward that God has promised. There's reward on the earth. There's reward on the earth. And, and no, don't let anybody deceive you. You will get earthly rewards. But the most important one, there's no reward you get on earth that is not perishable. It's perishable. But the one that is not perishable is the one that is in heaven. And this is what you have to have in your mind, that this, this whole thing doesn't end here. This is not about growing a church or, you know, making the people... No, no, no. I'm talking about fruits that were bound to your own account. And if you are sensitive, you understand that this is what God is saying to this house. In this season, this is what he's saying to this house. That he, there are things that he wants to release to us. But the only way, he said, bread fruits that will abound to your account. And ask me for anything. Ask me for anything. Some of the things you are believing God for, that you are praying for, is actually tied to this. It is. It's tied to this. So some, some of you might need to, to switch up, you know, your, your lifestyle and the way you do your things. You have friends, you have acquaintances. God gives us opportunities every single day. The, the, the issue is, will you accept those opportunities? And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because on the, on the, on the natural, on the surface, it's not easy to go out of your comfort zone and talk to somebody about Jesus. To go and knock on your neighbor's door and say, good morning, and smile the Canadian smile. You know the Canadian smile? You don't know it. Uh, they haven't smiled it to you yet. You know the Canadian smile now? <laughs> that you are not really happy with this person, but... <laughs> and smile, that smile. <laughs> A lot of people smiling to me at the mall. <laughs> when I'm at the mall. I know that this person is not happy with me. You know, the one that um, uh, folks do, like folks that are from Nigeria or, you know, black people generally do to me is the nod. You know the nod. The nod of acknowledgement. You're on the other side though. I don't even know how you saw me. We just know, oh, like my brother. Go away, please. <laughs> so it's not easy sometimes to break that ice and just go in front of somebody that is a total stranger and smile at them and say, good morning. Can I talk to you about Jesus? 
there is the off chance that they will say, what? Get away from here, I will call the police for you. There's that chance, but you have to take that risk. And the only way you'll be able to do it is if you have the Holy Spirit. Because like I told you this morning, when the Bible said you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it did not say you will receive the power and start speaking in tongues. That's not the first sign. I'm telling you that is not the first sign. The first sign that we will know that your tongues are not fake is that you have a burden to reach out to people. Yeah, maybe this is how we will even start checking tongues now and check the real tongues and the fake one. Because sincerely, I'm telling you that this is the primary sign that in the scripture, everybody that was filled with the Holy Spirit, they said they looked at them and said, ah, where did they get such boldness from? Where? So that boldness will come if the Holy Spirit is actually resident on the inside of you. Because the Holy Spirit that me I know will not see somebody that is your neighbor who is perishing and you are there. You know, we're just going to heaven. We don't care. Heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If heaven is not my home, then what else will I do? You don't know the song? Oh, people are too new school. New school. This is old timer song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm just passing through. <laughs> and all your neighbors are going to hell, but you are passing through. That's not the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is actually on the inside of you, it will put a burden in your heart. That burden will be there. Now, you may not immediately have the courage to take the step, but it will be pushing you, nudging you in that direction every single day. Every single day. Every time you see, and sometimes it might get to the point that, like for my own neighbor now, because the guy does not smile. He smokes marijuana every night. And he doesn't smile. Though. You know when somebody does not smile? He's the kind of person that smiles Canadian smile. Just so that you don't think I'm not happy with you. <laughs> Hi, what's up? <laughs> and goes inside his house. But me, I keep praying for him. So when I saw on Saturday, I saw the, the missionaries come to our door. And they opened the door and said, me, I'm a Christian, no? Pentecostal Christian, full of the Holy Ghost. But you see that guy? That guy is not born again. He's not born again. So they went and knocked on his door, and I was so happy because that's an answer to my prayer. Because he will not even give me face. You know, he said, don't, he don't give me chance to even <laughs> smile at him or, or get to know him or be his friend or anything. But you can pray, and the reason why you are praying is you are praying that God give me the courage to, to actually be a, a, a messenger to some people, and the people that I cannot reach Send them people that they can connect with. Send them, send them laborers that they can connect with. This is our job. This is our full-time job. So you, you, that's what you're praying. So that the people that you, God has put in your own sphere of influence, there are some people that will, will never be able to reach them, no matter how anointed they are. It is only you that can actually reach those people. Because you have already built a level of credibility and trust with them. They will receive the word from you. Like my, my dad, before he, he finally said the, the sinner's prayer, of course, there's no amount of preaching I can preach to him. I'm his son. So as far as it's concerned, you are still, you are still my son. <laughs> you know, whatever, all this by, by preaching, he would just be texting me that, oh, pastor, pastor, you know, all those kind of crazy, pastor, you are preaching well, pastor. <laughs> but, you know, he, doesn't, he just thinks of me as, you are still my son. But there are people that when he was going to say the sinner's prayer, it was somebody else that God sent to him that he respects, that is on a different level. But it took years of praying, praying. So we are not praying so that we won't do anything. We are praying so that God sends the right people to some people and sends us to the people that are right for us, that are ripe to hear the gospel from our own lips. Because there's a way that you will deliver that gospel that only you can connect with that person. And this is where you did the Holy Spirit, that he guides you, he leads you to the right person. So church is not a place where we all just come. Look, it says Romans 14 verse 17. He says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. 
Please put it on the screen. Romans 14, 17. It's not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. So there's time for us to do uh, Super Sunday. Everybody eats, eats, eats and be happy. Uh, there's a, because there's a time for fasting and there's a time for feasting. We've done that. But we have to understand that the assignment, the assignment is not come to church, take fine pictures. Pictures are good. They help social media for you to get more, more followers out of which people will come to the church. But that is like dribbling on the football field. <laughs> That's what it is. It is not the win. It is not the win. The win is, at the end of the day, how do you measure the success of the work that God has put in our hands? Is how many people are we reaching for Jesus? It's not a sentimental answer. Sometimes you have to confront the harsh reality and say, we are not actually reaching enough people. And every one of us have to buckle up our seatbelts and say, now we need to go out and actually begin to do this thing. So let's tie it up. There's time for everything. This season, God is calling us to go after the lost souls, the ones that he has put in our sphere of influence. If you don't have enough relationships with unbelieving friends, it is, this is the time to, to actually build those relationships. All your friends cannot be Christians. Did you hear what I said? All the friends of Jesus were not all Christian. There was no Christian when Jesus was around. Bubble bust. There was actually no, no Christian because he had not gone to the cross. So there was nobody that was born again. So all the people that were around him were unbelievers. I told you, Peter, it was when Peter opened his mouth and said, thou art the Christ. The son of, that was when he said the sinner's prayer. Is that not what the sinner's prayer that we pray today? That's when he got converted. Do you understand what we're talking about here? So you have to understand that you have to have those people around you that you can, you can and the least you can do, I say this over and over again, over and over again. Oh, I'm afraid. I don't have training. There's no training that you need to, to actually tell somebody your own testimony. You don't need any training to do that. You don't. Just say your own, your own story. Speak your own experience. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. I was blind. Now I see. End of story. If that is too hard for you to do, the least you can do is hand somebody a, a flyer and say, come and experience God. Come and experience God. Now, I, I say this all the time. There are people who preach against this and say, oh, don't tell people to just invite people to church. Teach them to preach to them. Preach to them. No matter how much you say, there are people who actually not do that. Never do that. Who will never sit down with somebody and preach the gospel. But they can invite people to church where they can hear the gospel and they can get saved. The fruit will still abound to your account. And there are experiences that God wants to deliver to people that he can only deliver when they are in a corporate setting. Perfect example was what happened on Wednesday night here. Somebody invited that dear lady to church. Right? It was somebody who invited her. Now, what she experienced on that, I'm telling you, she went home on Wednesday knowing that God loves me. There's nothing you can tell her after Wednesday that you say, oh, God does not, you say, what? God does not love me? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> because she experienced God in an atmosphere, in a corporate atmosphere with other believers. No matter how anointed you are as an, an individual, you cannot create that environment to anybody. You can't do it. It's not possible. That you, you, will, you will preach to somebody one-on-one -on -one and create a, an atmosphere of corporate anointing. No, you can't do that. So they can only experience that. And when people actually experience the love of God is in the presence of the Father. When they are worshipping God, when they are praying, that's where they experience it. So there is absolutely a place for that. And please don't ever downplay that. There is a what? There's a place for that. There's a place for that. Where people have to come into the body. Even when they have become saved, they must still come into a body of believers where they can learn the word of God. They can grow for the purpose of now leading other people to Jesus Christ. 
That's how you know that you are growing as a Christian. That's how you know. The people that, that God used me in my own life to, 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 to lead to Jesus, when I see them today preaching the gospel and doing all these things, that's where the, the maturity of being a believer comes, comes in. It's not, maturity is not that I know all the scriptures, I can quote everything. I don't think I can quote all the Bible. I don't know all the scriptures in the Bible. I know where they are. I can find it if I need to. But I, you don't see me coming here and showing off uh, according to Romans, I will look. Where is it? First Corinthians nine twenty four. <laughs> because when Jesus was talking to the devil, I didn't see him quote. According to scroll number two, he said it is written. As long as it is written, yeah. So you might know three, four scriptures. If you are working with those ones, I hope with these three points of mine, I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you. Let me see the scripture with which I will tie this up. Um, go with me to go over there to Second Corinthians five eighteen. Let's tie it up like this. 2 Corinthians 5.18. It says, now all things are of God. Have you found it? 2 Corinthians 5.18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Every single one of us. He has given every one of us that ministry. The win, therefore, is for us as, as individual members of the church. Your own win is to see the people that you led to Jesus, leading other people to Jesus. Your win is not how many weeks um, I was able to, to do media very well. Those things are supposed to help us to achieve the win. But you have to undo, know what the goal is. That everything we do on the field is, is leading to that specific goal. That that is the win for you. So as they become more like him and they lead other people to him, then you are seeing your fruits multiply. And the only qualification you need is not an ordination. You, you only need the Holy Spirit in order to do this. And it's not the responsibility of any, any group or any, you say, no, but the, the, we, should, we are supposed to have an evangelism department. You are the evangelism department. Yeah, you are the evangelism department. Because it is only when you go out and preach to people and the souls are added that, that a department can come out of that. And until that happens, nothing is going to change. So you have to understand that. And, and I've, I've taught this before, that there are catalysts of, of spiritual maturity that things that help you become spiritually mature. The first one is practical teaching, which is that you have to be sitting under the word and, and it's not just teaching, it is this kind of teaching that has a call to action. So I'm not just teaching for the sake of, you know, showing you how much I know. There are so many, look, I, I, I am a theologian. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not one of those people that run away from, from that and say, oh, I'm not a theologian. I'm not, no, no, I am, I am a theologian. Like, I love the Bible. I love the study of God and his word. So I know a lot of things that I cannot share with you because it will just look like a show. You will go home impressed <laughs> and say, ah, my pastor is loaded. Is ah, ah, my pastor. It knows, it knows his stuff. But me knowing my stuff, it does not help your life in any way. Do you understand? It doesn't. It does not help you at all. You will only be impressed and you will, you will like me. Maybe you'll stay in the church longer. But <laughs> your life will not change. The only way your life can change is what I'm teaching you today. And you might not like this kind of message. It's not a, you know, a, uh, if you don't like it, go and listen to last week's song. Maybe you'll like that one better. But all I'm saying is that practical teaching is number one. Then there is private disciplines. These are the catalysts of spiritual maturity. I've taught this in the past too. There is private disciplines, which is where you're praying, you're fasting. Look, you don't even need more than three disciplines in your life as a Christian. Pray every day. Read your Bible every day and fast once in a while. I'm telling you, you will not be a normal Christian. It's as simple as that. The last one is what I'm talking about today, which is a personal ministry. 
Every single believer needs a personal ministry. That is where you work out what you are being taught. When you actually face somebody and try to explain the gospel to them, you will understand the reason why you have to be reading your Bible every day. You will see it. You will suddenly, when you want to do Romans Road and one of the Roman scriptures does not come, then you will know <laughs> that, oh boy, I have to go and realign myself. I'm telling you, you will. So personal ministry, no matter what anybody does to you, I can't put this thing inside your head. You have to go out there and practice this thing. That is how you will see your life change and you will see results uh, in Jesus' name. All right? Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.